0: can't be missing that moment. So uh, one of those things that, that prompted me in this area was uh, Pastor Kylie had a, a word from God and uh, she's going to just share that quickly with us this morning and uh, how that relates to what God's been showing me.
1: Good morning. How many of you know that you can read the Bible over and over and then one day, boom, something just explodes out of it. You're like, what? has that even been in there before? How many of you know that... <laughs> You know you can have all these good ideas and then one day just a word from God just changes everything you might have seen over the past um, year really that we've been trying a few different things with kids church. we've had them in here doing conga lines which is exciting um, but we've received a real word from God and, and a real vision uh, for God for our kids church and kids ministry and that's based on a word of God to do with praise in Psalm 8 verse 2 in the NIV, it says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. What a word. Through the praise of children and infants, he establishes a stronghold against God's enemies to silence our enemies, the silence, the spiritual enemies that we have. In the Bible, in the dictionary, it says, a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. And we believe that God is calling us to just develop praise in these kids so that it establishes, it's not just a good time of singing, it actually establishes something in the supernatural that fortifies them throughout the rest of their lives And actually for our whole church, as the kids are praising, as the infants are praising, that it creates some sort of stronghold, a a wall around us that strengthens us as a whole church and silences the words against us as individuals and as a church, silences the enemies of God that comes against us, the spiritual foe. So that's Psalm 8 verse 2, and we know that God has uh, given us this vision and right even this morning, we've got praise and worship happening with the kids, um, and we're teaching them to praise. And I just want to encourage every one of you, uh, especially parents, to get around your kids when they're going through a hard time. Teach them to praise. Teach them to always look beyond their circumstances to praise. Um, that's the Word of God that we've received, and it's just changed everything, given us such a clear vision. I hope that you get on board with this. Uh, let that sink into these kids' hearts because it's going to create a future for them of strength around them and for our whole church at one heart. Thank you. Well,
0: on that, I really want us to pray this morning for parents and I want us to pray for workers. The Lord said, pray, Jesus said, pray for the Lord of the harvest, send out workers. And in our church, we've got lots of workers, but maybe they're just not working right now. But I, I believe that something's going to stir in your heart that through the praise of children and infants a stronghold will be established. And I'd say th- I that's a, that's something we've never really—I don't think—we've understood or tapped into in the life of our church. That it's through the kids that we're going to see strongholds established for generations and uh, i want to i really just want to perhaps if if you're a parent here this morning and you've got kids in our kids church area i want you to stand up i want to pray i want to prophesy over you over your family over the the purposes that god has for the children that they be part of the stronghold generation that is going to launch our church into the future and actually be a blessing for today so holy spirit just raise your hands and receive something here today father i just pray that you empower workers here in our church lord god that are going to be mighty in the land lord i pray that we'll see uh, men and women putting their hands up to teach our young ones that we see people who have a passion for for the name of jesus saying lord I, i just want to pass on to a new generation Father, we pray for our young people that they will learn how to praise you. I pray that they'll learn that the, the power is in their lips to praise you, that it builds a stronghold that is, is something that defends the whole church. So Lord, we just pray right now as there is, a, there is a, always an attack from the enemy to take the generations away. We want to we wanna make a claim this morning and say, just as that word in Psalm says, that they will create a stronghold through the praise of children. Lord, we pray today that this church be known as a place of, of our strength and power. And it starts with our little children as they learn to give praise to our Heavenly Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. So you can be seated. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> so I do want, just want to challenge you parents. Don't underestimate the power of praise in your home. Don't, uh, don't hold back on teaching your children the things about the Lord. And uh, they will absorb and take in what you are uh, giving them. Make sure you're giving them some spiritual good nourishment. And they will, they will uh, out-surpass out us by a million times. But we've just got to make sure that we put into them something solid and something foundational, and let them uh, run with the things of God. I just also want to mention our One Priority giving that uh, has just finished a couple of weeks ago. And um, that has been the highest in the last few years that we've been here. It's actually gets steadily higher every year. And it's a great result. But the reason why we do One Priority is because we want to strengthen future generations as well. Because what we build well is what others get to build on. And it's the the opposite way. If we build things poorly, then that's what we pass on for others to build with. I want to pass on as I shared with our leaders, uh, the ministry team this week, about the story of King David. And when he was preparing for the tabernacle, he was building something he would never see. But it said he prepared uh, and stored up all these materials to build something for God, to build the house of God. And, and I want us to be the generation, my generation and younger, who puts together the best so that the next generation can take on into the future a much uh, greater um, responsibility that they have. But supporting one priority, we're depositing into our future and into people. So some of the ongoing projects we haven't got to yet that we've mentioned over the years, uh, building an entrance canopy. I've just this week sent off uh, planning approval uh, to, to be approved. Uh, so that's on the way. We're, we're seeing lots of things coming together. You know, Even just to build a veranda takes a lot of paperwork and a lot of planning, but hopefully we'll get there. And uh, we look forward to that because we want to have a place that is um, better for people to come into the house of God. We want to make it easier for people to enter the house of God. We want it to be uh, comfortable and and uh, good for all those things. So, um, Jeremiah 32, uh, yeah, verse 32, verse 39 says this, And I'll give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever, for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I, I want us to always be... Uh, thinking about our giving in the life of the church and saying, this is not about comfortable seats for me. This is about my descendants, spiritually and physically. But I believe that God's going to bring in people who we don't even know yet. We've never heard of their names or who they are, but God knows them and knows that this church has what they need to grow and to flourish. So being part of that uh, one priority giving um, helps us to be the church that we need to be not just for now, but for the future that we're becoming. So I just want to say a really, really big thank you for all of those who got on board this year. Give yourselves a clap and a pat on the back. Thanks, musicians. And I just need to have a drink after all that. So who enjoyed last Sunday's service? Our message can be, you can catch up on that if you weren't here on um, the, the, my, the My Idol, My Self Idol. Um, Yes, I I had a lot of uh, um, great uh, responses this week uh, from people who, in various ways, how God had had spoken to them in that message. So you can catch that on our podcast if you didn't get it. But uh, today, I believe we have a lot of ground in front of us to take at One Heart Church, both as a church and as individual people. Um, There is much in front of us. And I just want you to just consider that thought of what is in front of us. So sometimes we don't even think about that. And, and today, I think, is really um, launching from the place of you know, what we've already spoke about, about uh, generations to follow. But all that also is there's things in there for us. Um, but uh, along the way of living, our walk with God, we come upon places or circumstances that we would rather avoid. Sometimes it's those challenging times when we can't understand why. And we've all been there, we've all faced those, those times, and if it was left up to, up to us, we would say, I'd rather just avoid those times, I'd rather just not be here, I'll just go away and hide and come back later. But you know, you can't do that in life. Sometimes we have things that we face that we... We didn't plan for or prepare, but they're there, and we we have to face it whether we want to or not. There are those I I, I describe them as life detours, like uh, grief or an unexpected sickness or our own miscalculation or bad decision, and and we we find ourselves surrounded by by things that we find not not comfortable, and there can be uh, these things can be described as bitter moments we don't want them we don't look for them but they are there these seasons of life are of bitterness in exodus chapter 15 verse 22 and by the way you, you saw my, my my heading there is uh the title of my message today is is uh growing part 10 and i never thought we'd even get past part two but growing past bitterness is today's message and it's uh, part 10 of our series on, on growing. And I, I believe this morning, if we can get a hold of some of these elements that we're going to look at this morning, that we can truly strengthen our lives in a, in a very real and, and uh, uh, practical way that uh, helps us to, to continue the journey of growing. So if I'll just read this out to you, Exodus 15, verses 22 and 26, you can um, look, turn to it in your Bibles, um, and, or you can read it on the screen there. Thank you, Aaron. So... Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They travelled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the, to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decrees as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. This story is, is so rich uh, with, with uh, symbols or symbolism and truth that we can apply ourselves today and grow past areas of bitterness that want to, want to settle in our, in our life. So the first thing I want you to see this morning is uh, the first lesson is life isn't always fair. Life isn't always fair. And we need to understand that if we're going to deal with the elements of bitterness that come into our life, that we have to firstly and foremost understand that life isn't going to be fair. Because sometimes we can go through life uh, thinking things aren't fair. So Ecclesiastes 9.11, it starts off by saying, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And it goes on and has other examples of it's not always the strongest warrior who wins the battle. But it finishes by saying, but, but uh, uh, chance happens to all of us. Um, but when you think of that, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. You'd say, but that's not fair. Life's journey can lead to bitter springs, as we saw the people of Israel. The road of promise will go through bitter days where our hopes are not found. Imagine for a moment that you are them. You're the people of Israel. Travel three days in the desert and there's nothing to drink. So put yourself in this picture. In the distance, you see an oasis. You can see palm trees. You're thinking movie stars, rock music, fast cars. It's all up ahead. Your hopes are raised because you can see the palm trees in the distance. The reality is when you get there, it's not what you expected. It's still hot, it's still sandy, and the water is undrinkable. You're thinking, that's not what I expected. And there's a big bearded guy, he stoops down, he cups the water, he, he's in there first and he tastes it and he said, yuck, it's bitter. This water is bitter. That's him there. And as he says it, everyone begins to murmur. It goes through the crowd. Have you ever been in a crowd of people when the, the murmuring starts? It's like in church when, when we put up a, an announcement and the time's wrong. It happens nearly every week. <laughs> they go, uh, we got this on, at 7 o'clock, and then you hear, it's 7.30, it's 7.30, the the murmur. And you hear the murmur start. And that's what it was like on this day when, when this big guy has the, has the first taste of water. He goes, He's he's in there first, he's thirsty, and he tastes the water and he says, yuck, this is bitter. And everyone slows down and looks and they all start murmuring. It's bitter, the water's bitter. It's bitter, we can't drink this water. Everyone, Everyone murmurs, we can't drink this. Now that's unfair. The water was bitter and so were their spirits. And I don't know what's worse. I think the second is worse because they had bitter spirits when they came to Mara. And we all encounter our own levels of trauma in life, our own places where bitterness is our experience. Sometimes it's, it's a child with a, with a terminal illness Others, it's that we just don't have anything to drink. We don't have our needs being met. Whatever those things are, sometimes they're, they're really huge and sometimes they're, they're just things that, that are uh, annoyance factors. But they can create bitterness of spirit. And as I said, the, the water was bitter, but so were the spirits of these people. And I'm not sure what's worse. But even when we're smack in the center of God's plan, life isn't always fair. So don't settle at Mara at bitterness. You've got to make a decision to grow through that place and move beyond that bitter time. Because you can pass through those bitter moments. You know, when we come to Jesus, it's never a thing that you'll never have a problem. You'll never face a, 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 a crisis. You'll never, you know, if, if you if you're with Jesus, you'll never go through any hard times. No, it's not a cushion for the rest of your life but it is Jesus Christ is standing with you the holy spirit will be in you to take you through those bitter times and see you through to better days the second lesson that we learn places of disappointment and bitterness will also be places of god encounters john chapter 9 verse 2 to 3 the disciples came to jesus because they found a blind man and they had these questions of god and they said to Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his parents' sin or because of his own sin? And Jesus answered, so the power of God could be seen in him. So sometimes these places of bitterness, this blind man, he's saying, I've got bitterness of soul. I've got bitterness in my life. I've got a disability that I can't see. And that's not fair. But Jesus said, it's not because of what anyone's done. It's so God's power could be seen in him. Exodus, Back to Exodus 15, verse 24 and 25. It says, Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. That is really comforting. The people are murmuring, they're talking, they're, they're complaining, and they're angry, and they're starting to turn on Moses. <clears throat> have you ever felt like that when, when maybe you're playing sport or something, and, and you start to realize that no one's passing you the ball, and, and people have turned on you, or, or you're in a work environment, and suddenly you're thinking things are different, uh, it's like I'm not favoured anymore, and you're not getting any favours? But this is where Moses is right now. Now put yourself in in the picture. You're Moses right now. Tell yourself, I'm Moses. And as Moses, there are times when you are called to lead in your family, uh, where you work, in your school, or wherever you are, to make a stand for something righteous. And people turn on you. People will desert you. People will talk about you. People will murmur about you. Because right now... You are Moses. And when you make a stand for righteousness, you will find that often you'll be having moments where you're standing all alone. And no one will stand with you. And you're only doing what God told you, but that's a good time to turn to God for help. Moses turned to God, and God showed him a piece of wood. Yay! a piece of dried up old wood. Now that's nice, God. The people are dying of thirst. They can't drink the water. We've been out here for three whole days in the desert and you show me a piece of wood. God doesn't always have to fit into what we think. I would rather say, God, how about, how about, a, how about a huge big Coca-Cola van right now? I mean, I've been to Egypt on a hot day. i tell you, it is horrible out there. I got physically sick at a place called Luxor because of the heat. It was so hot. It was 50 degrees. And I was just like, I could hardly walk because the heat is just, it's like it pushes on you. And walking around Luxor just feeling so hot, so bothered, so I just want to get out of here. And I was thinking, I just wish there was a, 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 a like a, a, what are those, a, a little cafe or something, anything. I'll drink muddy water. I don't care. I just need something. It was back in the day when we didn't used to have bottled water in Australia. I thought it was so weird to see people buying water in bottles. And now we all do it. We're all sucked in. <laughs> Where's I getting at? Yeah, the people are dying of thirst out here. They can't drink the water. And God shows Moses a, a piece of wood. And that simulated for illustration purposes only. Actual piece may have varied from description shown. <laughs> Probably something like that. Because I don't want people coming to me afterwards saying, oh, no, it wasn't a piece of wood like that. It was a different piece.
1: <laughs>
0: I know, I know, it's illustration only. <laughs> but you've got to get this, it's symbolic, that piece of wood is symbolic of a spiritual concept and it can be interpreted as referring to the cross of Jesus that we apply. So in those moments of life that are, pouring out bitterness when the thirst is real and the heat oppressive it's time for a Jesus encounter and we've got to call upon the victory Jesus claimed on that piece of wood on the cross so what it is is Moses says he threw the piece of wood into the into the water and it changed the flavor of the spring and we need to say well sometimes life is bitter around me sometimes things pouring out stuff that I don't really like or want in my life but if we can get the cross and put that in the middle of that bitterness, put that in the middle of where we've come from, then that bitterness can be changed into something sweet. In those moments of life that are pouring out your bitterness, when the thirst is real, you need to claim something from that wood that Jesus gave his blood upon. I'll give you some verses on that. Colossians 1 verse 20. It says, And through him God reconciled everything to himself, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood upon the cross. Christ's blood upon that piece of wood. Colossians uh, uh, 2.14 says he canceled the records of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to that piece of wood. So there's so many, so many illustrations of of the power of the cross. But you know, it's, it's not just this piece of wood. We can't worship that. We don't, it's nothing in the piece of wood. It's what Jesus accomplished on that piece of wood that we're looking to. But, we, but we, he couldn't have uh, done what he did without that, that physical element of pain and torture and the physicalness of that, of that uh, instrument of, of, of uh, death, which was the cross made of wood that, that takes away what was, what was owed to us. The penalty of sin was owed to us, but but he cancelled the record of those charges against us and took it away by nailing it on the cross. Colossians 2.15 says, In this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That's probably one of the most uh, powerful little scriptures you'll ever have to see. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. So sometimes we might think, but I don't know how to get out. I don't know the way forward. I don't know why I'm being attacked like this or that. You've got to just say, you know what? Jesus has disarmed the rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly on the cross, on that piece of wood. See, the cross in the bitter spring of your trial reveals the power of God. If we can see like Moses that piece of wood, we disarm the things stacked against us on the cross, our sin is dealt with. My sin is dealt with. Your sin is dealt with on the cross. My bitterness was carried away and I got something sweet instead. That's what those verses are all about today. So places of disappointment and bitterness will also be places of encounters that actually grow you in the process. God wants to take you uh, through those places of bitterness and as we saw in the people of israel this place of bitterness became a place of encountering god's goodness and god's ability to change everything by one encounter uh, when moses threw that wood into the thing but i mean i just find it incredible the way that god uses so many things that uh, seemingly just wouldn't make any difference Says Moses saying, the people are thirsty. We've been out here four days. It's such a, such a, a, a bad situation. The water, they can't even drink it. We're all going to die. And God says, there's a piece of wood. And in your situation, you, you could be looking at, God, what's all the problems? No one likes me. I'm standing all alone. I'm standing for righteousness. I'm standing for something that is right. And no one is here to back me up. They're all actually talking against me. And God says, there's a piece of wood. Make sure that piece of wood is the cross. And say, God, I'm going to cling to the cross. The old rugged cross. I'm going to cling to that. I might not know the answers. I might not know why. I don't know why all these things are happening right now. But I'm going to find the cross. I'm I'm going to hang on to that cross. I'm going to follow that word of God in my life. Number three. Places of bitterness become places of promise. In Exodus 15, verse 25, it says, It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to Him. He said, If you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. See, this is really something. Here at Mara, the, the place of bitterness, the place where the people were angry and complained, even at that time, they were, they were not impressed with, the, with this journey that God had called them to. They're not impressed with the journey God. They were in the middle of God's plan. They were in the middle of God's reason. But they're not enjoying it. They're not willing participants anymore. You know, when they left Egypt, they're like, Yay, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Moses. They got, they, they got to the Red Sea and God dealt with their enemies. So God showed them through the Red Sea, through that baptism, as it's described in some parts of the Bible, God showed them, you can trust me to deal with your enemies. And he destroyed the the armies of Egypt without them having to do a thing. Then they get to to, to Mara, the next test, and God says, I want you to trust me for your thirst, for your needs, spiritually. Because then they go on, there's other needs in their life, physically, for food. And God wants to show them that they can trust him for that as well. That you can trust God for every need that you have in your life. And God shows them through the, through, the, through the journey through the wilderness that he's saying, will you trust me along the way in everything that you need? And, uh, and by the way, it, it, God never planned or, or hoped for them to spend 40 years to learn the lessons that they needed to learn. That was not God's plan. They were just being stupid. And we need to, we need to realize that, that we don't need to wait 40 years to, to lock ourselves in and to, to plug ourselves in and to p- turn on the tap to God's way and his purpose and his his best for our lives don't wait 40 years where were we up to here at Mara the place where the people were angry they complained they're not impressed with this journey God used Mara to give a formal and authoritative promise a decree of his blessing he's given them something formal he's giving them something solid to learn here and we must make something clear that salvation from sin that Jesus has for us is totally free. We don't deserve it, and we can't earn it. It's a gift from, oh, it's a gift sorry, for anyone who'll believe it, and anyone who'll accept it, someone here today, you may want to accept Jesus. Maybe you've, you've been to church, maybe you've seen some religion, and maybe you've hated that, but the Holy Spirit wants to wants to speak into your life today and bring you into a place of revelation where you can understand the power of the wood. The power of that is so real and so amazing. If you'll accept Jesus, you you start that journey, that discovering. And if you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, as God was speaking to Moses. Said, if you'll listen closely to the voice of the Lord your God, what this is talking about is relationship. Followers who have given time to know God's voice. Above the distractions and the worries of life. At Mara, God revealed His ability to supply their need. If they would listen and do things right. If they'll listen and And do things righteously. That is talking about doing things with God's standard in mind. Because I have a standard. And that's okay for me. But it will upset you. When God causes us to realize and recognize His standard. Then not only is our life blessed, but we become a source of blessing. No No longer is our life bitter. But we have a sweetness that helps sweeten others. That's the goal that we need to be uh, arming ourselves with. At Mara, God revealed his ability. God uses Mara places of complaining, a place of bitterness and a place of disappointment as the place to initiate a promise to be our healer. The amazing grace of God. The amazing grace of God shows up best in those places when we are at our worst. When they left Mara, they still hadn't learned to trust God. Yet in their condition of ungratefulness, God promises to bless and heal. I think that's just so so incredible, so amazing. They've just just complained. They've They've just witnessed God's goodness and God's blessing. But I think... Internally, they were still unimpressed. And in that condition of ungratefulness, God promised blessing and healing. Here's the hammer. God decreed a promise of blessing while they were still camped in the place of bitterness. What you go through is where you will find pearls of God's promises. What you go through, sometimes we're so busy, we're so, so um focused on our own life and when everything's just just going great and i'm not saying god puts things in in these contexts in our life to punish us or hurt us but i think that all comes from the devil but if we'll learn to turn our attention to the savior who is for us and not against us and wants to grow us and build us and and, and make us something amazing when we start to turn our attention to him through every crisis the bitter spring and take hold of God's promise, take hold of that piece of wood, then we start to launch ourselves into a whole new destiny, a whole new purpose, and a whole new future. Because God chooses to grow, he, he, he wants you to choose to grow beyond the bitter spring, and take hold of the promise at the place of morrow that place of bitterness the place of complaining god says i'm going to give you a decree i'm not going to make you suffer any of the diseases for i'm the lord who heals you i'll go through those points again this morning i want to pray for people today number one life isn't always fair but that doesn't mean you're outside god's plan number two Places of disappointment and bitterness will also be places of God encounters. So you need to say, well, God, I'm going through the hard time. I'm going through a, a, a dry season. I'm going through difficulty right now, whatever that thing is. But you've got to say, God, you can still encounter me at these places. And sometimes I think they're the sweeter times. I think they're the best times where God's voice speaks clearly. And number three, places of bitterness become places of promise when we turn to God in those places so the goal is to be people who grow through the disappointments and the bitterness to grasp onto the promises and experience a better life, experience a sweet life why don't we stand to our feet this morning perhaps I can have the singers come and and join us as well Because we're going to pray for people because some people are stuck in a place of bitterness. Some people have come to a blockage point in their relationship with God. And as we saw in the people of of Israel, God took them to those places, not to hurt them, but to to heal them. Because they were thinking, they were saying to God, like, Why did you bring us here? To die of thirst in the wilderness? No, wrong question. God brought them to that place so they learned to trust him. So they'll learn to honor him. So they'll learn to believe in him. So I'm not, I'm not sure what it is you're facing, but God showed the people of Israel, as I mentioned before, and this is an important key. He dealt with the, the army of Egypt to teach them to trust he can take care of their enemies. Perhaps this morning you're thinking, I, I can't take on these enemies, whatever that might be in your life. could mean lots of things. But you might be thinking, oh, I can't deal with this. They're too big. There's too many. They're too strong. They're too domineering. I can't. I can't. I don't have a chance. God wants you to know this morning, he will deal with your enemies. Maybe that's, that's you today. And we're going to ask people to respond in a minute. And I'm going to ask people to come forward and we'll pray with you. The other one is, God wants you to trust him to deal with your, your need of water. Spiritually, God wants you to trust Him for, for that sense of need in your life to fill the thirst. Saying, God, I, sometimes we can be confused about God. Sometimes we don't know what we believe. Sometimes we, it, it just doesn't make sense. But why is this happening? Why does God work like that? God says, I want you to trust me for that thirst. And He'll, he'll, he'll cause those seasons of bitterness to become sweet you apply the cross say jesus i see the cross take that cross put it into your circumstance and you'll see that the stream begin to change and maybe you're here and you think god I, i need to trust you with my provision of food clothing all these other things later on god took the people of israel through the wilderness and he fed them from heaven the manna from heaven and the quails from heaven all these supernatural provisions that God gave them because he said, I want to teach you to trust me for your everything. And so often we're thinking, well, I'll trust God this much, but I'm not going to go the whole way. This morning, you can make that life change. Say, Jesus, I'm going to give you my disappointment. I'm going to grow through those seasons of bitterness and I want to be set free. So as we sing this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to have uh, Pastor Pauline and Pastor Kylie and Pastor Michaels here this morning. We we want to pray with you. We're going to believe with you to go from the place of bitterness to the place of sweetness. And why don't you come? If any of that relates to you today, then the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and empower you and touch you and release you. So why don't you come as we sing this morning?